This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by Lingoda. Lingoda is an online language school that is famous for their sprints. With a sprint, you challenge yourself to attend 15 classes a month for three months, and if you meet that goal, you get 50% of your cash back. Or you can sign up for the super sprint and get 100% of your cash back if you attend 30 classes for three months. It's a super fun way to motivate yourself to learn a language, especially if you're like me and you're a little bit competitive against your own self. Lingoda offers German, French, Spanish, English, and business. English classes all by native speakers and the coolest thing is it's all online offered 24-7 so you just sign up for the appropriate level in the language you want log on and there you are in an online class with maximum four other students I actually used Lingoda at the beginning of the year to start learning French for someone as busy as me the flexibility is really really key If you're interested in signing up, you've got until October 15th. This is actually the last sprint of the year. And hey, if you sign up with the code expatcast2, you can save 20 euros on the 49 euro deposit. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes and sign up with Lingoda Sprints today. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. This is also the podcast where I reveal just how terrible I am at being competitive because my guests today are two rival podcasters. I think listeners are familiar with Sean and my rivalry. Um, So Sean hosts the Germany Experience podcast. We are for years now rivals who somehow, despite our deep, you know, hatred of each other, end up on each other's shows and cooperating to compete to see who can raise more money for charity, all this kind of stuff that, you know, typical rivals do. Um, <laughs> and now we've got another rival in the game, Lawen, who hosts the podcast Pop Your Cultural Cherry. He is, um, man, I was about to say he's also a very cool guy. And then I was like, no, Nicole, that's not how this works. <laughs> Lawen is from the Philippines and lives in Aachen in very far west Germany, so right along the border to the Netherlands and Belgium. And Sean is from South Africa and lives near Nuremberg in Bavaria. So we were talking, not that we talk or anything, because, you know, rivals don't talk, but we were talking and (laughs) I thought it would be cool to do an episode together since we are all three coming from different continents even and all ended up in different parts of Germany and now all have podcasts where we talk about those things. (laughs) But we're all interviewing other people. So, of course, you get to know us somewhat through our interviews, But today, it's just the three of us and our own opinions about Germany. So it was a really, really cool conversation with lots of different perspectives. And not that I was ever convincing with this whole rival thing. But I I really just love that the podcasting sphere is is so community oriented. And I I think it's really cool that there are so many podcasts. I mean, we were actually joking before we started recording this episode. I'm I'm sort of like a grandma in the Germany podcasting scene because I was one of the first onto the scene and Sean was not so long behind. And especially over the last year, there's been more and more podcasts popping up from people across Germany. And I just really love to see it. I think it's really cool. I love getting to listen into other people's shows and, and hear their experiences and hear from their guests, you know, people that I'd never encountered. It's a really cool scene that's happening right here. And I'm excited, you know, throughout this season, I'm going to have a couple more podcasters who who live in and podcast about Germany. So more rivals to come. <laughs> but for now, I've got Sean and Lawan here to talk about this 
strange and delightful country that we have found ourselves living in. Enjoy! I am Sean, originally from South Africa, and now I'm living in close to Nuremberg, Germany, and have been in Germany for 14 years. My name is Lauen, and I'm originally from the Philippines, um, and I moved to Germany um, two and a half years ago in Aachen. There are two main things that have brought this little motley crew together. Um, one, we all live in Germany, and two, we all make podcasts about living in Germany. And we're here to talk about some silly differences because although we have those things in common, we're we're different amounts of time here, different parts of the country, and from very different places, so different continents. So I want to kick it off with something really basic, which is just before you moved to Germany, like what are some things you knew or thought you knew about? With me, I didn't have any strong preconceived notion because I didn't realize that th- that I would be moving to Germany. It kind of happened very quickly. And when we knew that it would be happening, it was during the 2006 Football World Cup. So my first real development of uh, what Germany would be like was from watching uh, the, the World Cup from South Africa because in two, I knew that in 2007 we would be moving there. And that was pretty much my first impressions of Germany. Otherwise, I had all the stereotypes in mind, you know, like the beer and the Lederhosen and uh, everything. But specifically, what we did have in mind was that it was a more secure uh, country uh, compared to Johannesburg, South Africa, where we were living at the time. So that was my main focus was that that difference in uh, security. And so these things that you've mentioned, like the beer and the more secure country, did they hold up once you got here? They did. They did, especially the security aspect, because that that was, I think, one of the biggest reasons for moving. The other reason was uh, to travel Europe. Yeah, with the, the feeling that we got here, uh, it was just which was just incredible. It was a sense of freedom that we didn't have back home. We kind of lived in a bubble in in Johannesburg, South Africa. So we got in a car, drove to a mall, and then when you got to, got out, you just drove somewhere else, and and then you went into our gated communities, which had electric fencing all around it and security guards the the, the entrance. And then for the first time in Germany, we could walk everywhere. That was a new thing for me, just walking around, going uh, through through the central town, Innenstadt. It was just incredible because in South Africa, you couldn't do that. Even at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you wouldn't work, walk through Johannesburg Central because it's just too dangerous. It was even better and and more incredible than we thought. So we, we really felt a sense of complete freedom in Germany compared to Johannesburg. That is both really beautiful and also I'm kind of laughing in my head because like I'm imagining you guys just like walking down like the Saturday market being like in tears at the beauty of it all and all the Germans <laughs> looking at you like what the heck is your problem? <laughs> it is. It is. And also also still paranoid. You know, I, I still have a level of paranoid that stays with me even 14 years later. Uh, and and loving and I have actually spoken about this on a previous podcast episode as well. It was something that uh, it just never leaves you when you come from a country that's less secure than Europe. Yeah, I mean, I think I can't totally relate to that to the extent that you're talking about. But I know like one really clear memory for me was the first summer I was in Germany. I went on a run and got lost and ended up in a field somewhere. And I all of a sudden became horrified that some farmer was going to come point a shotgun at me. And, you know, that's never happened to me in my life. But it's always been a concept of something that could happen. And you don't have you don't go on other people's property 
and people will threaten you with guns, right? Like that's just understood in, in the US. And I was so afraid and it took me a lot of like talking myself down being like, first off, it's maybe even public land. It's hard to tell sometimes in these fields. <laughs> Second off, even if it's not, they're just going to be like, leave. Third off, they don't have a gun to point at me in the first place. The Germans do it with their words. They don't need a gun. They do it with oh, their yeah. words. <laughs> That's true. That, they that hit you through true. the heart much more effectively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, stuff like that, like it really takes some time to unlearn. And whenever I feel fear, I feel it specifically pointing towards like gun violence since that's you know, part of where I'm from. But anyway, so over to you then, Law. And like before you moved here, what did you th know or think you knew about Germany? To be honest, I didn't know much because I didn't really know anybody from, from Germany or someone who moved to Germany. Like the cliche stuff, also like what Sean shared, like the, the football, the beers, the, the castles, like this fairy tale. But I also thought that it would like be, um, a lot more like modern because, you know, you, 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 you think about, you know, German engineering, you see all like the cars and stuff. Last thing also like relating to what Sean just said is the security. So I also, I also knew that like Europe in general would be, a lot more secure also because like in the philippines we share kind of the same kind of lifestyle you live in a bubble you you go from you know your car to the office you go through a gated community where you have a security guard and, and everything and you go to a mall um but in germany like it's total freedom and, and and sean is right like i still have these these fears of me like whenever i ride the train i still kind of tie my my backpack to my arm even though I know, like, nobody's going to take my backpack. And when I'm in the bus, like, I keep feeling my, my pockets, like, every five minutes or something. Like, but why? Like, nobody's even gone clo come close to, like, my my stuff. But it's just, like, innate in me. And I, and you know what? I drive a car here, and I still, in Johannesburg, it's kind of hardwired into you to leave a gap between you and the car in front of you. So that if you, if someone attempts a hijacking where they try and take your car with you in it, they, like, it's very common in Johannesburg. It's something that happens a lot. You need a bit of time to escape if you need to. So you always stop a few meters behind the car in front of you. And I still do that. And I still keep my windows closed when I come to uh, traffic lights because uh, there's a lot of smash and grabs, for example, where people just smash your window and grab your cell phone from you. So it's like this stuff has never left me. It's still stuff that I do. It sticks in you long. And yeah, as we're saying, you as our Germany elder, 14 years in. <laughs> God. That sounds terrible. It's, it's interesting how these things, like, they just become part of how you live your life. And it's just how, I mean, it's like how people here bring their fund back to the grocery store, their empty bottles. They return them when they're empty, right? Like, it's just what you do in life. And like, you know, for you, it's you put your windows up at the stop sign. Like, of course you do. <laughs> so another thing that I think will be interesting to hear is not what you guys knew or think about Germany, but what your friends and family think. Because, okay, I'll start with an example of my own. <laughs> One time I went back home and I needed to get money out of my bank, like cash. I go to get the cash and I'm like, well, what I like about America is that the people are so friendly. So instead of going to the ATM, I'm going to go inside and get my cash from a person. They usually give you a lollipop. We're going to make small talk. I'm going to get a lollipop. I'm going to get my cash and it's going to be a positive experience and like reconnect me with things that I miss about my culture. So I go in there. And it's blasting air conditioning unnecessarily. And then there's just someone standing in front of the like, there's one of those like ribbons that mark where the line is. And she's standing in front of the ribbon line and is like, hi, welcome to Wells Fargo. How can I help you today? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just want money. So I'm going to go in this line. And she's like, great. You need to take cash out. We'll be so happy to help you. You can just go right here <laughs> through this line. And I was like, girl, I know. Like, what are you doing? So anyway, like then I get in the line, but there's no one there. So then I just walk up to the front and go to the next available cashier. 
and he does the whole hi welcome to wells fargo we're so happy to have you here what can we do and i'm like wow. dude like we just it's empty you saw me just get that greeting i don't need it twice anyway i'm already as you can tell by my tone i'm already turned off by this whole experience i'm like this sucks like uh but i was like you know what nicole get back into it come on you're being a curmudgeon lean in so he was asking i don't know something whatever i said oh yeah i'm in from out of town um, oh, where are you living? Oh, I live in Germany. And he goes, oh, Germany. Great. Um, so like my family's actually German. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. Um, and then he says, but don't worry, we moved long before any of that happened. Whoa. <laughs> to which I just stared him in the eyes and went, oh, what? The Nazis? Are you talking about Nazis? And he was like, well, yeah, but as said, like we were before any of that. <laughs> and um, this is so common in my experience. It's like people are like, Germany, um, wow, Europe. Like that's one reaction. And then if they're like Germany specific, it's definitely about Nazis. And that's most of what anyone really knows. So I'm curious to hear what for you guys, like, I, you know, you're back home at a party or you're talking to someone, you say you're in Germany. What do they say? A lot of people don't know anything. Like they just know, you know, Famous types of food, famous beers, like you guys have good cakes, whatever, like fairy tales and etc. Um, but in general, people don't don't know much except for the ones who've been to Germany or have like worked with somebody from a German company. And they say like, oh, yeah, I, I know some people from Germany and they like, you know, they work very hard and, you know, they, they're very smart or whatever. Like this is like the, the things... I get uh, my mom who actually, so my mom teaches English and she had some German stu students before. Um, she tells me that one thing I learned from my German students, is like everybody's like DIY kind of guy. Like they're good at like housework. They, they do a lot of things with their hands on their free time. And that for them is how they want to spend their free time. So yeah. Yeah. Cause like in the Philippines, you can easily hire somebody to, to do stuff for you. So I, I'm really bad at this stuff. Like I'm, I'm new to all these stuff and <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it is true what they think, though, Lowen. I, I find that the Germans can really do a lot of stuff with their hands and everyone. It's like, right. I feel so dumb because, like you said, in South Africa, that's something that we would also generally have paid for, like people people to paint your house even. I never painted anything when I was growing up. And then when you come here, they, they, these guys, especially where I live, in the country, they're all DIYing everything. They're building little things out the back. They're building their own uh, balconies and whatever. I'm like, what are you people doing? Like, I wouldn't <laughs> even know where to start. Uh, so it's very embarrassing for me because I am not DIY at all. I'm slowly learning. I built like a, a playhouse for my kids in the backyard. And it's kind of, it's like, I'm amazed that it's still standing, but it's at an angle. So it's not even straight <laughs> in the ground, but it's, it's for me, that's a huge step. So, uh, but I can see the Germans that come around. They're like, oh, that is not exactly standing correctly straight. I'm like, it's standing. That's what's <laughs> But to, but to answer your question from my point of view, in South Africa, like Lowen, similar to Lowen, they don't know that much about Germany. It's just the stereotypes, pretty much like me. But one thing that does come up when I, when I say Germany, when I go back and visit family and friends, is Rammstein is massive in South Africa. They're <laughs> huge, huge. So every time I mention to someone that I'm living in Germany, that in South, back in South Africa, they go, ah, Rammstein. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's not the only German band, but yes, Rammstein. It's that, and and also my family doesn't really have an idea of what Germany or even Europe really is, because I come from a family of, I'm the first in my family to travel internationally, let alone live somewhere else. They don't have any sort of concept except what they see on maybe TV shows and stuff. Like my father has learned about Germany through me, through me 
posting pictures on Facebook through my stories when I go back home and visit him. So it's a case of also introducing my dad vicariously to the German culture. And now I want to ask the, the flip of that question, which is in Germany, when people hear where you're from, this is a bit of a stereotype maybe, but Germans are very keen to immediately tell you any and all information they know about a topic that you bring <laughs> to them. Whether you asked for it or not, whether it's appropriate or not, they will just sort of word vomit all of the facts that they have. Um, so what facts or false facts even get word vomited to you about your country <laughs> when you say where you're from? For me, I must say I, that you're 100% correct, Nicole, when you say that they word vomit everything. It's almost like a reflex action. The moment that they hear the country that you're from, they must show that they know something about the country. But the flip side of that is I will give them the credit that I am constantly astounded at the level of knowledge that Germans have about South Africa, the politics even the geography of South Africa and uh, the history of South Africa. They, they mention historical figures that surprise me that people who didn't live in South Africa would know. So I, I would give them a credit for that. They do tend to know a lot more about other countries than, for example, South Africans do. But, for, but, but I will say for South Africa, when, when I mention South Africa, there's, uh, of course, apartheid comes up. But generally, the first things that come up is uh, safaris and Cape Town. Well, so the night of this recording, um, there's a kitchen full of Germans, and I Ooh. ran into the kitchen to grab pizza before mm. recording, and I was like, this is a great opportunity to ask these people what they know about the three countries we're talking about. So mm. here's what they said about South Africa. They had a hard time with that. They didn't really know that much other mm. than, yeah, they were like, I don't think they used the word apartheid, but they knew something about race, and mm. I think they said it's like the largest white population in Africa. Um, and then the one was like great kite surfing. Is that true? It is true. It is. Okay. I've never kite surfed, but I do know that it's a, a very popular destination. Cape Town is specifically for kite surfing because they've got beautiful beaches and and also the wind is perfect there. It's like a, a it blows. I don't know. It some blows in some perfect way and it's very <laughs> scenic and whatnot. So it is a, a big uh, kite surfing destination. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll report back after recording that he was correct. Okay, and now for the Philippines. What do people word vomit about the Philippines? Yeah, to be honest, people don't know a lot about the Philippines. I think they know that we have like a um, bunch of islands in the equator, so it's always warm and sunny. Um, some people know about the politics also through the news. Some people know about that we're always hit by natural catastrophes like typhoons and so on. And if you ask, actually, if you ask older people, older people kind of have some contact with Filipino people because they're actually most, most of the Filipino people in Germany would kind of be like health workers, people like working in, as nurses or people working in like um, Altenheim or um, retirement homes. So like some old people would have contact with Filipino people and they always say, oh, Filipino people, very nice, very helpful and so on. So again, kitchen full of Germans. There were three of them actually. Two, I don't think had any, they didn't really know what to say about the Philippines, um, but the one had lived there for or spent three months there. Oh. Um, and so actually knew a lot. And like, there were too many facts that I couldn't even tell you right now, but telling me all about like, there's like the rice fields and then volcanoes and, right. ah, but this, um, do you know how many people live in Manila? Yeah, it's like um, 10 million at night and like could be 20 million during office hours. Whoa. Something like this, I think. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Cause she said 15 million. 
Oh, which, could, yeah, could be. Yeah, I mean, this like fits into, but I thought that was so funny because that's also such a German thing to know. And I was like, I'm going to ask him. I, I wonder if he would even know because I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's the population question is not one I ever got before Germany. And I still don't know the populations of cities I've lived in because it's never been important until now. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I've never actually thought about it until now. Like people compare like sizes of cities based on the population. Oh, that's like 250,000 people. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how how many people actually <laughs> lived in my city. Like I had to look it up when I was living here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I didn't know what the population of Johannesburg was until I moved to Germany. And then I just like, oh, okay, four million. So then I asked the the kitchen full of Germans what they knew or thought they knew about the U.S. And that was interesting, too, because, of course, it's a big global player. A lot of people have a lot of contact with it. But they were actually pretty hesitant to say that they knew anything because they were like, there's a lot of terms that I've heard or like stereotypes that I have. But I, I actually expected much more of like a bullet list of thoughts, opinions, facts, or things I thought were facts, because that's more what I get in the wild when I bring up where I'm from. And the word vomit happens. It's like guns, Trump, overweight people. And this came up with them, but they were like, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I know there's a two-party system with the politics, and I know that there was the, you know, the war for independence. There was the war... Um, the sorry we were talking in german so now all the words are coming out weird um the revolutionary war that's what it's called and the civil war there we go okay um <laughs> so i think i was surprised because that's a lot of i mean even for buzzwords that's that's a lot but i also was um sort of impressed by like the ability to be like yeah i don't know that because that's actually what i was thinking about when i looked at you know that question that i just asked you guys what do people know or think they know about your country and are they right wrong or somewhere in between like for me it's like I come from a place that people know something about and then they think they know a lot about it. But I think for you guys, it sounds like it's a bit different. Like people don't know quite as much, maybe a couple bullets, but you get to fill more in the blanks. Yeah. And and I think it is a case of everyone, everyone seems to think that they know about the US because we see so much of it in the media. We hear about it all the time and such an important culture in terms of world economy, world politics and so on. So it is, I, I can definitely imagine that everyone has their own opinion about or a philosophy about the United States. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all based on what we're seeing from the media. So it's not always going to be an accurate reflection of what's going on. I guess that leads me to my next question is like, what do you wish people knew about your country? Like if someone does have an open ear and wants to get to know your country from your perspective, what would you want to share? The thing about the Philippines, right? So some people in Germany know that like it's a bunch of islands, nice beaches and stuff. Um, but still not a lot of people visit. And a lot of people during their summer vacations, they go to the same place. They go to Mallorca, they go to Ibiza, they go to the North Sea in Zealand, and they go there every vacation, every year, they go to the same place. Like, I just wish that, like, for me, what, like, a real beach is, because, like, the water's warm, there's nobody in the beach. Like, there's so many beaches to choose from, and you go there and nobody's there. It's just you. If I was, like, the secretary of tourism, like, I'd want to sell the Philippines more, like, as some place that... They could actually visit and because it's so cheap there, so I wish people could kind of like research more and might be a longer flight, but in the end, you might end up paying the same, like as going to Mallorca in peak season, you know, so. And I mean, they love a good deal. They love sure. feeling that they got a good, <laughs> what is it, price, Leistungs for Heldness, like yeah. the the price, yeah. what is this, cost? Value. Cost value, value. value for money, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. exactly. So, I mean, I think that's a very solid sales pitch for these people. <laughs> right. And, and at the same time, a lot of people don't know that actually people speak English there. So English is an official language um, alongside our, our own like native language. So Very cool. I mean, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm hey, go. let's go. Me too, <laughs> okay. And what about South Africa? I actually love that people think of safaris and Cape Town and kite surfing, apparently, uh, when they think <laughs> about South Africa, because that is, to me, a lot of what South Africa is, is a lot of natural beauty and a lot of amazing experiences that you can have there. And so there's not much that I would wish for differently because they already have that picture in their mind. I think if there's one thing that would be of value is maybe understanding a bit more about the gap between rich and poor there, like how big it is. And it's something I think that can really impact your your view of of the world if you can understand like how big that gap can be. And it's very, very obvious in South Africa. You've got these very rich cities with, with a lot of commerce, with a lot of industry and a lot of uh, money. And then right, right beside it, you've got these townships of people who are struggling to get enough money to buy a loaf of bread a week, for example. And it's just this huge disparity. I think it is it is an eye-opening thing to see and something that you don't see when unless you go there. And I guess it's the same in Philippines. I, I, I should imagine. I, I can't talk about that too much because mm-hmm. I, I'm not too aware of it. But it's it's definitely something that I think a lot of people could benefit from seeing firsthand somehow and there's uh, you know when you when you're in South Africa there are tours that go to Soweto where you where you can you know take tours of the township and see a lot of historical things from apartheid but you also get a, a feel for how people are living there and and it it definitely inspires you to want to help more and to to try and think of ways to how, how can you bridge that gap this is one thing also I, I noticed when I was living here in Germany, like a lot of German people like to complain about the smallest stuff. Yes. And actually, you know, I didn't think about this this earlier, but I thought about it when 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 Sean was giving his answer that, you know, I would want like the typical German person to see how actually like a developing country looks like, how it feels like. So yeah. actually when they come back, like maybe they won't complain about stuff so yeah. much and be a bit more like thankful for what they have because what, what they have here is pretty good, like pretty da- damn good compared yeah. to a lot of yeah. other countries in the world. It's 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 like when when I moved to Germany for the first time, I was moving from Johannesburg, which, which because of this poverty situation, has a high crime rate, and because the people are not getting educated, they don't have a, a respect for human life. So if they want a cell phone, it doesn't matter if a person gets killed for that cell phone and stuff. It's it's like a it's a very violent crime that that's happening. I think it's getting better now. But when I moved to Germany, people were complaining about the crime in the city that I moved to. And then I said, well, what, 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 you know, what kind of crime are we talking about? And they were like, bicycle theft. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? If people are going to steal my bicycle, I'm going to be so happy if that's the biggest problem that I'm going to have here because it was just amazing. And, and, and when I went into a subway station and there was a, a, a murder, a, a, like there had been a murder in the town and they were looking for the suspect and his poster was up on the wall in the, in the train stations. And I was just like, if you had to do that in Johannesburg, the, this, this whole wall would be plastered. You know, it's just... Like you said, Lauren, the things that they complain about here, it's understandable because maybe they don't have an idea of of, of how different it can be, but it's it's also a good thing to see so that you can have some perspective of, of how amazing it is here, actually. I see that partially as part of my, my role here as a foreigner, because sometimes I struggle to see, sometimes I feel insufficient because I'm not German enough and I'm not, and I'm never going to be, I'm always going to have the accent, I'm always going to have the bad grammar, and I'm always yeah. going to do things in their mind wrong and I have to remind myself that part of 
the purpose of being here and having that experience is to remind myself and others that I'm not wrong. I'm just different. And to bring that perspective of like, sorry, but the thing you're worrying about is something I don't know because I've had 20 million other things to look about. Like to bring it back to the the concept of DIY and, and building things yourself. It's like, because you have the money and the resources and the time to learn it. So like, I don't know that much about fixing up my bike because it didn't live in a place where biking was safe. And I didn't live in a place where there was time to learn things like that. And I think it's good for us to be bringing that perspective here. (laughs) I think that's the point of this, this conversation. Well, one of the points of it, right? Besides having fun. (laughs) Well, and now for the flip side of this question is we live in and love Germany um, and know it to be much richer than what we thought we knew back when we moved. So with this new perspective and deeper understanding of the place, like what are some things that we would like to tell our friends and family back home? Or what do we tell our friends and family back home about Germany? Like Sean, you were saying you share these stories and these pictures with your, your dad, for instance. What are some things that you find yourself wanting to highlight to make him really understand the Germany that you know? First and foremost, I would love for people in South Africa to understand how smoothly everything can run because and that's the other <laughs> thing a lot of Germans complain about here but in South Africa there's a lot of there's also a lot of bureaucracy but there's a lot more unpredictability built into the system because you can start an application process for something and then it will just disappear and you will have to you'll never hear about it and you'll have to restart it again so things get lost it's not such a well-oiled machine so I think I think for someone to experience that as well is is good, but it's not always possible in, in, in developing countries as well to, to get that right. But I think what I would love for South Africans to realize about Germany, and it's something that they don't necessarily know, is that Germany has a lot of natural beauty as well. It's not something that I think a lot of South Africans think of Germany when they think of Germany. But And it wasn't something that I thought of Germany as well. I, I kind of pictured it differently. But when you see the Alps and when you see the, the seas and, and everywhere in between and the, the wine, the, the vineyards and the, I don't know, it's, there's a lot of natural beauty here. And I don't think people, at least in South Africa, realize how incredible it is from a, from a natural perspective, like the, the forests and the mountains and, and, and all of that. Okay. And, and Lauren, what would you share with your people back home? So, so like I mentioned earlier, not a lot of people know anything about Germany, right? So, but what I want to highlight is really how how well like the infrastructure is built, how how smoothly things run. Okay, they might not take fast. Like, there's also bureaucracy here, but at the same time, it works, right? It, you get things done. Like, like like Sean said, they don't like your application doesn't disappear, but it will take two months or whatever, three months. But at the same time, just like how the healthcare system works, it's just amazing. At the end of the day, sometimes like I'm just puzzled like how this all makes sense and how like public education is free until you finish uni or you finish your master's even like just like that plus the quality of the education here and a lot of Asian countries are now kind of realizing this um I think Philippines is like one of the the like a last late late movers but I see a lot of Indian students Chinese students like taking advantage of these offers for cheap education cheap but high quality education I'd wish that just more people paid attention to this and actually looked at it as an alternative to actually, you know, maybe studying in the US or Australia or Canada, which is like what normally people from the Philippines would kind of aspire to. I like those answers. I, I think for me, it would um, another thing would be Germany as a place where people really look out for each other and really come together. This emphasis on solidarity is uh, maybe it's just on my mind because we're in the throes of the Corona years. And it's just so clear to me, you know, from the way the cities are structured to the way they handle 
crises situations, people are very able to understand how to put the team above the individual. And I think that's like a really beautiful and special thing that's it's not so easy to do. And um, for me, I'd be telling friends and family back home this because the US has this sort of self-identity as a culture of being a team's player and like looking out for each other. But I don't know that it's really always that true. Like at the end of the day, it's much more individualistic there. I think they could really learn a lot from the Germans in that regard. And I think that's something that I wish people could see. One of the things that I think makes it so special here. And okay, one last thing to wrap it up. Um, A classic question, but a good one. What are maybe one to three things that you on a personal level just really love about Germany? And it can be anything from coming back to these big themes of security to like something little like for me, I really love that they don't put ice in their water. (laughs) But you have to pay for the water, right? (laughs) (laughs) If I'm going to pay for it, it better be lightly cold to lukewarm and not freezing cold (laughs) and full of ice. Well, okay, yeah, I'll kick it off with mine. I mean, that's one of them. Another thing I love is the way that life is laid out in terms of cities and villages. Like you have these clusters of places and then it ends and then you have nature and it's so freaking cool and it makes such a difference in your day-to-day life. You know, we all live in very different places of varying sizes, right? And I'm sure all of us could walk in one direction for like 15 minutes and hit nature pretty quickly. Whereas, you know, other places I've lived, you have to drive hours to hit that. And I just love that on so many levels. I think that's a good point, Nicole, because, and I, but I would dare to say that you don't even need 15 minute walk in, I think 90% of the places, even in cities between suburbs, they often have forests or little Freizeitsees or little swimming lakes or or things like that. It's, I would say 10 minutes max to be in the middle of nature. And if not, you've got beautiful parks and everything. So yeah, I think that's a very good point. And what are your personal loves of Germany? Yeah, so it it definitely comes back to the security aspect. I think that is my favorite thing about it. I've never it's something that I have not taken for granted in my entire time in in Germany. Uh, it's something I notice when I go back to South Africa, just what it how it used to feel and how how safe it feels here. Um and not to say that it's perfect utopia where nothing can go wrong and there's no crime and everything because there is but the contrast is noticeable. And it, as I said, I will never take it for granted. and something that I still cherish uh, to this day after 14 years. And I think, uh, I think it's not something directly physical Germany, but the people have definitely taught me to think differently. Things that I was annoyed with them before, I, I've come to see as quite uh, cool. The way that I always thought that they overanalyze things, but really they're just they're just taking apart the world. You know, that's they, they, something that I loved about the Germans is they love to analyze it and understand it or think that they understand it at any rate. And as much as it drives me crazy sometimes, I do also appreciate that, that they don't just accept things at face value, but also to try and understand the things behind it and stuff like that. that that's something that I, I appreciate. I also love that you mentioned the almost over analysis bit because, yeah, I mean, I've definitely had waves of loving it and hating it. And yeah. it's nice to hear that, like, from your perspective over a decade in, it's like settling at a pretty solid love. It has. It has. <laughs> I've, I've become more like that. It, it, I've definitely become more uh, analytical and more, struct- I don't want to say structured, but I definitely take more time to think, think, uh, think about things than I did when I moved here. And last but not least? Well, obviously, the, the safety is also a big thing. But um, besides that, I really like one thing I've really loved here is bakeries, like the freaking bakery. There's so much to see. Like 
every day it changes. Like sometimes I feel like a little kid in a candy store, but like I'm a big kid in a bakery. Um, <laughs> like you just get you just get lost with all those. I don't know what they call, like. There's some breads I don't have no idea how they call them. I just point them out to the lady, and then like you know you get something a surprise every now and then. Sometimes there's something you you wouldn't in- expect inside that piece of pastry. And and there's so many bakeries. That that is the it's other thing. It's, they're amazing, and there's so many. You can't walk like twenty meters, and there's another bakery. I, I live in a street where there are two bakeries in front of each other, so I can even pick. This is crazy, man. Um, yeah, and and there's another thing I I've come to really love about Germany is is how much like people spend time to actually walk together in the forest, like for for no reason. Like this is what they do for fun. Like in the Philippines, no one would do that. You go to a mall. But like when I tell my friends, oh, you know, I went out with my friends and we walked in the forest and they're like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> because this is what people do here. And, you know, I kind of found to be like really de-stressing. And also it's a nice way to bond with, with people because there are no distractions. I, I know I've come to love it, to, to be honest. That's yeah. that's a great point. I'm a bit jealous that you said that now because I wish I'd said that because you are so <laughs> right. And I think for me- About the bakery? Or the... Everything that you've just said. I'm jealous. <laughs> no, specifically the, the going for walks because you're so right. That's not something- we, we would also go to the mall to hang out with friends or, or, or the cinema or, or a restaurant or something. But the other thing is also just going for a walk in nature on your own. That is something that I I've, I didn't necessarily do before is just go go out on my own and, and enjoy a walk through the forest or or around a lake or something so yeah good point Levin. i don't think i've gone to that level yet but maybe like more in years in germany i'll start going to the 14 forest years. 14 years is what happens you start running around the wilderness on your own mumbling to You're yourself too fresh you gotta ease into it walk yeah, with friends yeah. and then yeah. one day you go to the bakery you grab, grab your pastry you walk alone next thing yeah. you know you're in the middle of a forest somewhere yeah. on your own well, with that, it's time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round where I'm going to ask you guys three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. And I'm not going to tell you who's going to answer first. Whenever you have an answer, just blurt it out. Okay. Sound good? Go ahead. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So you're staying at a German hotel. There's a breakfast spread. It's included in your price, so don't worry. Typical buffet. What do you go for first? Scrambled eggs. <laughs> don't know why. I love the scrambled eggs, and uh, they usually have some kind of breakfast to go with it uh, at some hotel. So that, that's that's where I go first. I take like any of those random breads just with marmalade. Like this is a good way to start the day. Like I, we don't even eat bread in the Philippines, but I've come to love like. <laughs> Eating bread a lot. I think I, I mentioned that earlier about the bakery as well. <laughs> <laughs> it tracks, it tracks. There's consistency here. I was just on vacation and had a breakfast spread every single morning. We were in a hotel for 10 mornings and it was it, be, it became amazing because I started the day like you would never start a day as a normal human being. <laughs> I started with scrambled eggs, the breakfast and, and these other little sausage things with like tomato and some, some uh, paprikas and stuff. And then after that, I would go and get the breads and put the marmalade on. So it was like having a two-course breakfast. <laughs> I literally think I put on like two kilograms, three kilograms since I was there because oh, of the breakfast. True vacation mode. I yeah, love it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> All right, next question. What is your favorite lake in Germany? Uh, I've just been to the Kimsey and it's the second time that I've been there. 
and I just I I love it there. It's there's different sections to it as it is with with most big lakes. It's fifty three kilometers and uh, to get around it, and I know that because I just cycled around it <laughs> on this vacation. Uh, I cycled fifty three kilometers, and there are swimming beaches and then small picnic spots, and then you come to these secluded places that you feel like you're at the lake on your own where you don't see anyone around you, and then there's big sailing areas and stuff. It's so big and it feels like you're on holiday there and but it but you're still close to natural beauty without a lot of people in some places so yeah i i'm in love with the kimsey so i live quite close to the eiffel area and there's a couple of like nice lakes there i can't actually put a name to any of them but there're just several lakes like in the eiffel and just really beautiful like you can go there in winter and you know it's like covered in snow and or you can go there in summer and you just see people sailing or or doing or like they're like some small beach areas as well but that area is like super nice like the eiffel area any time of the year man i'm getting so many travel recommendations from this episode <laughs> this is great <laughs> do you have lakes in in freiburg we do yeah so my favorite is schluchsee it's called it's up in the black forest and there's um even on clear days you can go up to this little viewing tower and see all the way to the swiss alps oh, wow. um, but even without that you're just you're oh, wow. in the black forest you feel mm. like you're there um and then there's just this beautiful lake yeah that's another great thing about germany wherever you live you're never too far from a really really great lake yeah that's true okay and final question if you could have a magic wand waved at you and overnight you become super duper like world cup olympic level good at a certain sport which sport would you choose to get ridiculously good at table tennis because i think i could sustain that for a long period of time (laughs) and also like in germany specifically like some of the best table tennis players are actually from germany so i don't know that's a i don't know i i think I think maybe like a football player so I could earn millions of euros <laughs> just, to, just to make crap loads of money and not try. But but if for, for sheer enjoyment, I think I would choose either running or I've recently discovered cycling and it's a great way to see nature. And I think if I could manage to, to cycle longer distances and see more that way, which it's something maybe maybe I would choose to be ridiculously good at cycling so that I could go longer distances at a time and see more of nature and experience it like that you could actually visit us by bicycle like that okay. could be cool. <laughs> you do like a great podcast tour of 2021 2022 whatever the but by a bike yes yeah, i love it okay well speaking of the podcast tour y'all have podcasts <laughs> um if you can go ahead and tell people what they're called and where they can find your podcast you can tell us a little bit about what they're about we'll start with you lon yeah, so I have a podcast called Pop Your Cultural Cherry. Um, it's more about cultural stuff. I'd like to think it's like a cultural exchange between, I don't know, myself being Asian and the, most of the people I interview are also like from, from Asia originally. So I'm on yeah, Spotify and all the other, what Amazon Music, I, Apple, Apple Podcasts, like every other streaming platform, like you'll find me. My podcast is called The Germany Experience. And it's about Germany through the eyes of outsiders. I have a lot of uh, interviews with foreigners. Lawan has been a, a, a guest on the podcast. Nicole has been a multiple-time guest on the podcast. And yeah, so we just talk about life in Germany, cover different topics, and have hopefully have some laughs at the same time. And uh, yeah, we say the word episode weirdly on our show, apparently. <laughs> Is it terrible that I'm like thrilled in a weird way that I've given you some kind of complex about this? One time I said how I think that the word episode sounds funny but cool in Sean's accent and and it's deep in it's deep in I, his brain. I now. can't I can't <laughs> say the word episode anymore without thinking about Nicole. 
It's <laughs> made me so self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I um, I really appreciate you guys coming on to my show. It was a lot of fun to get to talk to you guys about, yeah, about this great country through all of our different perspectives. And it's pretty much a guarantee. If you like any one of our shows, you'll probably yes. like the others. Sure. Yes. So that's it. Thank you, guys. This was a Thanks blast. Thanks for the invite, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Sean. Thanks again to Sean and to Lawan for coming on to my show, for humbling yourselves to come on a rival podcast. You guys are truly great. And I'm very glad to have you as sort of co-workers, colleagues in this little world of Germany expat podcasters. Links to both of their shows are in the show notes. When you go ahead and subscribe to them, make sure that you also leave a rating and a review on their shows and on my show to let me know, to let us all know what you love about the shows that you love. Ratings and reviews are the number one thing that helps podcasters grow and, and find new audiences. So every single one really counts. You can also follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at The ExpatCast. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lunky Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. They are on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week, we are coming back around to the Travel Germany series and we are headed on up north to Kiel. Till then, have a wonderful week and stay healthy, stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.